podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield wrap after Liverpool have beaten Newcastle United by two goals to nil in association with Reds Bet. If you do want to gamble, please do so. Please gamble responsibly uh, and gamble aware of your own limitations. But if you do want to gamble, uh, then Reds Bet is a good place to do it. We are in association with them this year at the Anfield wrap. In the meantime, it's Neil Atkinson, it is Dan Morgan and it's Rob Gutman to talk about Liverpool dominating, broadly speaking, Newcastle United in quite a low-key way. It was it was an exceptionally mature performance, to be honest with you, John. Liverpool seemed to be absolutely full of patience. Newcastle, I thought, were quite well set up. You always have an extra eye on that when, you, when you're facing a Rafa team because we're used to watching what he does in the past. But Liverpool, to me, they just sort of knew it was a side that looked to me to be quite at peace with itself. Yeah, at peace with itself. I thought the whole... The whole club, I think, is quite a piece at the moment. I couldn't get to the game on Saturday, unfortunately. I was away, but I saw a lot of tweets afterwards of people saying that it was a, it was a calmer crowd than maybe you would have got six months ago. And I think throughout the club, there's just so much faith in us to score goals that if it doesn't happen in the first 20 minutes, well, it might happen the next 10. And if it doesn't, then we'll probably get one before half time. And even if we hadn't, I think, I don't think you'd have seen any any kind of panic, at least on the on, on the pitch or, or in the dugouts. And, and that's really great to see. And I think because there's, there's so many goals in the team, and both in terms of spread around and also just literally lots of lots of goals, that I think... I think we 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 just back ourselves to to kind of break anything down at the moment, and, and that does does bring a, a, a peace to to the team. It brings a confidence, and also they're backing each other so much more. And I think I think defensively, obviously the the, the big man's come in and he's brought a assurance back there as well. So there's not lads thinking, well, if I give it away, then something bad might be happening behind me. That's that's gone away as well. So they just look like a really really confident team at the moment, and and you know it's it's fantastic to watch. Robert is fantastic to watch. It was, it's, it. There was, uh, as I say, almost a genteelness about it in a really strange way. In that we were, we, we, we were first to almost everything, and we all knew we were going to be first to almost everything. Uh, we had width when we needed it. We had people tucked in when we needed it. You know, it was, it was, it looked to me like a side that was functioning very, very well. Yeah, I, we refused to get frustrated. The difference between now and the recent past is. Uh, is that you'd often see Liverpool come out the blocks against a low block team to repeat myself and if it didn't happen for us in the first 15 the game would seem to go away from us and I, I remember sitting in, in the ground frequently thinking I just want this half over now let the second half happen let yeah, the, sort it out at half time yeah, yeah sort it yeah. out at half time let, let a bit of cop action happen maybe just a breath of fresh air quick start in the second half maybe we go again now that it's, it feels more methodical, mate, would be the wrong word, maybe because it sounds like it's joyless. But it's sounds not. like it's joyless, it's slow, methodical, and that's what it wasn't. And that's what I was trying no, to say before. I was trying to use the word genteel. What I didn't, I didn't mean like it was weak, it was strong, it was just. I think it was relentless. I think that's when Newcastle did it. We weren't going to stop coming. Yes, they, 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 would have, they were having all kinds of mini victories. Rafa would have been very pleased with that first half hour, 35 minutes. We were getting our, our sighters of goal were half chances when Trent fizzes one in to Marnie doesn't quite come down for him. Salah gets a shot away. There was a flurry of corner activity. They think they've probably we've probably puffed ourselves out, but we just keep on coming. And when that breaks, there we're very very ruthless. Newcastle Newcastle are stubborn opponents. They are a lot better than West Ham were a week ago. Uh, I thought Rafa. You know there are bus parkers and there are educated bus parkers, and Rafa certainly in the latter category. I thought he was very, very smart with it. He'd, 
I think he'd worked more than most have on the threat posed from our fullbacks. Obviously, the focus is on the front three and taming them. But he'd looked at the service from wide positions into them, especially when we're facing teams that are sitting deeper. The number, I lost count of the number of times Trent and Andy Robertson were checking back and coming back in field to their centre halves. They were a little bit more. They're a little bit timid for me. They could have gone outside their man, trusted themselves a little bit more, especially Trent with his pace. But Newcastle had worked on intimidating. And Trent seemed intimidated by Kennedy on his side, and I don't know who was on Andy. Robertson's side was it Dan Atsu was it Yedlin Yedlin and Atsu sorry yeah yeah. Um, Dan it was relentless is an interesting word because I was uh, just happened to be and I'm going to mention it on our review show later but I was uh, looking at a Newcastle uh, website today and one of the things that's really interesting is at the half time there's a half time summation from from their equivalent of James Pearce and what he says is he says Newcastle, he says, you know, Newcastle would, other than the goal, Newcastle would have been quite happy with that first half. But Liverpool haven't really got out of second gear. One and two, Newcastle are playing at full throttle and they can't keep this up. And that's really interesting that, you know, that, that's, that, that's the Newcastle point of view. We're doing everything we can here just to live with them, just to stay in the game. But frustrated we've conceded one. It's a bit of a shame. But we, how, how much longer can this cope for? And that's, I think, what Rob's referring to when he's saying relentless. Yeah, I, I said to uh, the girl next to me, who I sit next to at the game, that I looked at their three centre-halves, nominal centre-halves after half an hour and they, they look shattered. Like they were sweating buckets, they, were, they look constantly panicked and fluxed and it's like, it, it, you look at them and they're almost looking around going, are you messing this for 90 minutes? And I think the word relentless is interesting um, in terms of what we do very well lately, which is I think everything around this team is designed to work themselves into that final third and I think that's where the the elements of a mistake is allowed as well. And I think at times in that first half, I think it was made to, to look a lot easier than it was. I thought we were made to work really hard for it. I thought they were really well organised. But I think I think this team is is so embroiled now in getting that front three into positions where they can just express themselves. And it'll be all alright if, if it doesn't work first time or someone's touch doesn't quite work or you know a pass doesn't come off a shot a shot goes astray. Not on his, not on his, not panicked over, not on snatched that, and and I think that the relentlessness that I'm that I'm sort of getting at is that we're relentless in getting in those positions now all the yeah. time, and and it's like there's no way of dealing with that. I was I was saying after 20 minutes, I was saying I'd like us to be a little bit more sensible here in terms of being direct, drive the throat a little bit more. They seem to be funneling us wide, play like Oxley Chamberlain, who maybe can be at times a little bit guilty of dipping in and out of the game, gets older and does it. And it only takes one player to do it, to change it, to change it again. And then suddenly we're in again. And then suddenly, if it doesn't work in that chance, it works in the next one. What's really interesting, having watched Benitez's sides, John, is I always remember, for instance, you'd, we, we, old Liverpool-Man United games in the middle of the previous decade, you would say, oh, I'll tell you what, Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't do much against us. <laughs> And the reason why Cristiano Ronaldo didn't do much against us was because, not because Cristiano Ronaldo lost his head when he was playing Liverpool, it was because what would happen is that we'd work really hard to ensure Cristiano Ronaldo couldn't get the ball. That it would be not just, it would block the supply to him, it wouldn't be block him, it would be block the supply. Yeah. And one of the things I was watching during that first half as Liverpool began to put the pressure on, put the pressure on, was it 
what was difficult for Newcastle is there wasn't one player they should stop getting the ball. There wasn't a clear stop him and stop Liverpool. That's what I thought was one of the most pleasing things about it. Yeah, Chan and Oxley Chamberlain both looking to make things happen from the middle of the park. Henderson a little bit as well, although he was trying to be more responsible. And then you've got all three of that front three, and they're all constantly trying to get themselves into the game. So it's very difficult, isn't it, to go, well, if you can just block him, you can really limit their attack and threat because you can't block five of them. Yeah, no, definitely. The amount of times. We had two in the hole, for example, and if you've got a defensive midfielder, you know, which ways he want to go, and so he goes to the ball, and then we pop it off to the other one, and suddenly we're in space. I actually thought how we worked the ball from, from back to front was was fantastic. Um, one, of, one of the best it's been all season, actually, in terms of the speed, how we how we moved it kind of through the park. Um, the final ball took a little, took a little while to, 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 to kind of get going or, or make happen, but in terms of how we were getting to the air edge of the box, it was just effortless, and it's not. It's not. We're just making it look <laughs> yeah. easy because the passing was so quick, the movement was so good, and people popping up in unlikely areas and, 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 and spaces that... that you know, they didn't kind of necessarily want to be in really and, and that's what I really enjoyed about the performance really and that's that's them back on the teammates which is, you know, going back a little bit to how we started this is that they're all, they're all back at each other say, like, well, I can, I can make this one because someone will find me and then I'll have an option as well and, you know, the the, the movements how and, and the kind of, you know, fluidity of the play is excellent and, and that's what's really, really hard to defend against. Passing so quick is what John says there, Dan, and that's, it's something which I think you can you, you you can actually underrate because not least because when you watch a game of Premier League football on the whole, one of the things we talk about is how fast the game tends to be anyway, the tempo. But it, there's I think something different between a a game where there's a lot of action, there's a lot of lads trying to do stuff, but then moving the ball quickly and certainly to to to, to teammates. You know, this it, Liverpool were able to play at that pace and that tempo. When you're saying we worked much harder than it actually looks like we did, because we do make it look easy. It you, you can just go well, this is just it's just passing the ball quite fast, but that actually is is really hard. No, and it's doing the right thing as well with the ball in terms of the pass that you make. Um, and I think I think the point before on Ronaldo was a really good one, and. It, I was having to think about this yesterday. We've had Liverpool teams in the past where it's a case of you just stop in and you stop them. Suarez, Torres, Gerrard, etc., etc. This is probably the first time in my lifetime I think I've seen 18 to 20 players playing in the manager's vision in terms of... the, the, the you, you can take one of them out and put another one in and it doesn't affect it in terms of... in terms of, oh God, you know, the complete the complete... Um, fluidity of the, of the shape of the sides it's been hindered by taking this player out what you've got here is you've got a full squad who are all playing who, who all know where to be at, at a certain time in the pitch who all know how a certain situation works and I thought that's what you've seen a lot of on Saturday is it looked like a lot of stuff that they've worked on over the last two years coming to the fore in terms of when that breaks down there we go then and it's patience and it's it's picking the right ball like you say I think Henderson's a real a real factor in it. He's got this stab pass forward, this punch pass where it tells another player where to be or what to do, asks a question of another player. We're doing that a lot now. And like I said before, like I touched on before, if it doesn't happen first time, we don't have to panic because it will happen. It will happen the second time. Even if we get a lucky bounce like I think we do on the first goal. We very much do get a lucky yeah. bounce on the first goal. But there you're playing your percentages again, aren't you? you it comes with a lot of pressing though, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I-, I thought it was interesting the way we... we- we find solutions in games. Um, and I thought Henderson was important for that. We started going longer and it was right to do so. Newcastle, I said they were defensive, but their line was was 
relatively high it's for quite, a defensive it's really team. Quite high at times, yeah. Yeah, um, which just created so Rafa created this 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 mesh, this trap, which we couldn't play through. But we've got fast lads, you know, and the, the, I mean, a few times, you know, the, the length of the, the ball had to be tested. Control of our lads. One way it was with Salah, you're going, you're just going to take this down. He doesn't. You go, yeah, you're mortal. It was <laughs> at one stage halfway through the half, but but Henderson was Henderson was pinging it long. Van Dijk at times. There were times where it looked like it was a bit overdone, but I I, th- I felt it was right. I thought we over overwatered the pitch at the start of the game. We don't touch it at half time. They don't water it at half time. I just thought Everton was running a little bit too much, skidding a bit too much. I thought we maybe overwatered it. I think on that that the idea of what you're saying, Rob, about the decision to go a bit more direct, there was there was three quite quick diagonals, I thought, and I think two of them don't even properly come off. I think we might be referring to the same one, one where Salah miscontrols, one where it goes into touch, yeah. and there's one that I think hits. But what it does do is it makes Newcastle go, oh, hang on. That suddenly they're thinking, well, we've got away with that one, but we've got, to be, able, we've, but we've got to be able to defend them. Yeah. And then suddenly where there was quite, I thought there was times on the pitch, and I, you know, you're watching it, and you know, fair play to, we're always going to be, we're always going to have a predilection uh, to praise Benitez, but fair play to him. He's turned up to Anfield there, and you can throw a blanket over his players. The forty yards, they're just covering forty yards, yeah. and you can see that. And they're covering forty yards, as you say, they're not just covering forty yards in their own, in their own half. They're coming quite high, and I'm thinking, well, you wouldn't want to do that against this Liverpool side. And we erode that confidence in them a little bit. And that's, I'm sure Rafa was probably screaming at them to say, lads, don't do it. Don't come. Put you, footballers are footballers. He's thinking, hang on, I'm just going to get done by this fella on the pace here if they keep it in that diagonal. Yeah, it's counterintuitive to go high against lads with that pace. But to go back to the theme at the beginning, he's by compressing the play that way, he's, he's, he's cutting off every supply channel. That's his tactic. And as, as I referenced earlier on, he, the, the fullbacks in particular, I think they're the ones that a lot of people leave alone, Robertson and Trent. Trent thinking, well, they're not they're not the stars of this side. They can they can only do so much damage, but they actually do a lot of damage against low block teams because they can they can whip those quality balls and get in behind you that way. So Newcastle, you know, they're, they're caught between a rock and a hard place. Once we once we do break their their mesh and they're through the long balls, then and, and they're turned, then they are going to fall prey to what we have up front, as everyone does. Um, very nice indeed. <laughs> uh, I wish he was filming that bit. Uh, there is uh, John something on the. The defence and the goalkeeper in amongst all of this. To me, I'm looking at... I, I think the run of games has done... The goalkeeper makes a really good save, and we'll come on to that, but I, I just sort of think the run of games has done the goalkeeper and and Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think, the world of good. I think they look now completely familiar, and this is back to you know conversations around where you can... You can work on this stuff in training, and obviously we're really, really good at training. As Dan's saying, you can see a lot of work coming together. But it's one thing to be able to be, do things regularly in training; it's another thing completely to be on the pitch. And certainly, if you're Trent, a young player getting used to a position that yeah, he's had a, a few seasons with, but he himself wouldn't, wouldn't say he was an absolute natural. No, he wouldn't. No, and you know, you can debate about about whether he'll, where he's going to end up with, with with Trent. But at the moment, they've very much seen him as a right back and. And you know he's 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 looking like a, a fantastic option there. He looks like he's he's enjoying his football. His his confidence is growing, and he understands his role. Do you think in he's the looking team. like he's enjoying it more? Now? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think do. I think he's he's. I think he, he's he's thrown in a fair few nervy performances, even if they haven't been bad performances. If that makes sense, you know, you those of us like like me and Rob who, who've seen a lot of him, we saw him, you know. 
was captaining teams ahead of his age group, you know, mm. Ian and stuff like that. And you and you, you know, he was he was bossing games from right back, and, and he had that swagger about him. I think there's there's more to come from him in terms of that. But it's you, you're seeing it coming out of him more, kind of week by week. That this is where I belong. This is where I want to be. He's now talking about captaining Liverpool, which is which is fantastic. You know, he's right, lad. You know, he, he should be thinking like that. And so it's it's good to kind of to see that kind of more and more coming out of him, and you know, and take taking on you know more difficult passes and and but but he's I think he's got the confidence you know from from the other team from his teammates and, and from obviously learning about kind of what they do and it's a fairly kind of I wouldn't say settled team at the moment but we've got a way we play and the front three are the front three pretty much and you know the midfield it'll chop and change a little bit but I think he, he knows what he's going to get from all of them now and that gives you confidence. Carius is a funny one because he has had runs before, you know. People talk a little bit like, "Oh, he's got the run now," and he's. But he has had runs before, you know. He had a run where he, you know, around the time where he kicked the the, the goal yep. kick out for the corner, you know. So, so something else I think's maybe happened with Carrius, and I don't know what that is, and, and maybe we'll never find out. But maybe he's just ready now. Maybe he's just he's just thought, "Well, this is my last chance." And, and that can happen to a player sometimes. He could think, well, basically, I've got now now until the end of the summer to save my Liverpool career, and do you want to be here? And he's he's got that determination about himself to prove that that he's got the talent. And so, I, as I say, I don't know what's happened with him, but it's 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 certainly very welcome. I'm not I'm not sure that that, that it is a massive. Season. I just I, yeah, I know you say he does he does have a little bit of run, but he doesn't have a large run before, and it's literally he's just through the door in the club. He, he's come back from an injury, hasn't he? When he has that initial run. And he gets slaughtered. I think his, I think it falls apart for him in that Bournemouth game in the 4-3 where everyone was so unhappy that we decided all retrospectively to blame every single goal on him. When I'm not 100% sure it's fair with, 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 with hindsight. I'm inclined to be generous to Karius at the moment and wonder whether he was a lot better than we all realised all along or whether this is just a little golden patch he's having the, spe- the save is special and it's not the first time he's done it in recent weeks I always judge a save by my own gut instinct I think I'm making a subconscious calculation when a ball leaves a foot of an opposition player and you're watching it as a committed Liverpool supporter you go oh fuck you know you know it's going in and that's happened a few times in the last week that one was in from Diarmi as far as I was concerned I know you look at it afterwards you go oh he's got a cross it's a good save but a good keeper should make it I'm not sure they should and my, my Danny had watched it afterwards saying a lot of keepers are still looking round after that one going well I was never going to move for that I mean that's it so yeah. quickly it's just dead hard to judge isn't it, it is because, hard to like, judge for some reason it's easy for strikers when they miss one you think oh we should score there or, or when, he's, when he scores you think well that's you know something that many other ones with goalies you kind of I don't know. You don't. You'd almost like to run an experiment, wouldn't you? Where where you just like get a you know like a bowling machine in cricket, and you just send a load of balls at these lads and just see who's the best of shots off. And that feels like a TV. There's content there. Write, <laughs> write that down, down. Write that down. But you know, because I've got a bit of a theory where basically goalkeepers are a bit like performance seals. Where if you throw it up in the right way, they'll all they can all look really really smart. Yeah. But actually, actually, you know, very little of footballs like that. And I oh, sort of suspect, and I feel like people are listening, going, "Oh, John, John's not giving Carrius any credit." I don't want to do that but I just wonder whether this was one of the ones where the goalkeeper gets to look like you know this, yeah, this yeah. boss seal that can kind of jump through the air because he doesn't he, 
I don't think it's not one of them. I'm with you, but I don't think it's one of them. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm saying. You trust your instinct on it. I, as I said, I felt it was in. I felt it was in. When it left his foot, I felt it was in, and you go, oh fucking hell, we've been saved there. I think even if you take the save away, I think it's one of his most impressive performances for us. And 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 what one thing I'll say is that since he's come back into the side. I can't. I can't think of many, if any, one-on-ones we've had against us. Someone bearing down on goal, one v one at the keeper, and he comes out and clears one. That isn't isn't a given. The starting position's really good for in the, in the first five. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's it's a one v one if he doesn't yeah. if he isn't switched on. You look at the Ashley Barnes one that he can he scores against Everton, yeah. where the 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 highlights don't match of the day, and I'm sure people around the world will have seen it as well. That you know it's it. At first, you think, "Oh, that's a great, great ball he scored," and then afterwards, you're like, "How's, how's, he, how's Pickford still in the six-yard box?" You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. Cadius would have been further yeah. forward and been around to that. And it, it is, it is a really good performance from him. So I'm not, I'm not taking that away from him. And I think, you know, what people often say about goalkeepers is concentration as well. He's had nothing to do for 40 minutes, and then he makes an absolutely brilliant save. The one he comes and takes is great as yeah, well in terms of in and terms he holds of, it. Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah. there was no way yeah. that was getting yeah. held. He lashes a ball out for that corner as well, and it's not a minule. I'm going to shout because the cameras are on me type of bollock. <laughs> you know, I could be saying anything. He, he, he does something constructive in the side of, yeah, next time this needs to happen. And then they go to, I think there's one as well where they look at a short and he's the first one screaming, get out to it, get out to it. So he's obviously growing into the shirt. And I'm also going with, the, if, you, if you look at our transfer record since uh, the manager's come in, Carries was was the one blocked. I mean, this is the most flawless tra- run we've had with transfers yeah. as long as any of us it's can remember. It's almost been scary. It it? Like, we're just going to have a terrible summer. <laughs> like, do I can celebrate any bomb coming in? He's bound to be brilliant. Oh, Andy Roberts. You know, okay, Joel Matt at the jury would still be at him. He's not been a fl- terrible flop for naught pounds and naught pence. You know, r- relative to the fee, they've all done fine apart from Carries. Now, if he's coming good and you start to go, well, actually, you know, uh, Jürgen would have seen something in him. We've all missed it. Here it is now so you know the, the confirmation bias is coming at us by the week at the moment um, I, think it's it's the, I think it's enjoying the task that's mm-hmm. one of my things you mentioned that you know we, we praise the goalkeepers for the concentration I think it's part of feeling part feeling part of this whole and enjoying enjoying the work that's in front of you. It was this time last season, for instance. I think I think Mignolet goes on a little bit of a run uh, where he's where he he plays really really well in goal. And that one didn't quite feel the same. In that that one really did feel like it was last chance saloon. And he was thinking, well, I'm going to grab last chance saloon. Mm-hmm. This to me, it seems a little bit like like all of a sudden for the first time, maybe he really looks like he's enjoying playing for Liverpool. Um, you know, maybe this is me just imposing something on him, but. Yeah, as you're saying, you know, shouting at defenders, feeling like he's part of of this thing that's going on. And I'm quite, I'm 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 looking at someone who just looks like, yeah, I'm 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 grabbing this. I'm not I'm grabbing this like, oh God, what happens if I don't grab this? Just more sort of, I'm grabbing this, yeah. and this is this, this this is what I do. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a quite interesting character in that we don't really know his character, and I think that sometimes displays or gives off an air of distrust with our supporters if we can't see a, a person's character then we're a little bit stand off with them and be like, oh, I'm not sure about him. I think his biggest test to come is, is this weekend, is Saturday. Yeah. And I said on a show the other week that the, the biggest thing that he has to get over is what the, what we do as fans the next time he lashes one in. And I think he's of a strong enough mentality to, to sort himself out and crack on. But I think if he, if he has a good performance, if he has a performance that is just akin to what he's put in the last five games on Saturday... Then I think that does a hell of a lot for in terms of the trust in him going forward because 
you know, like I say, there is still an, an element of, mm, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I can't see what his character's like, I can't really, I can't really judge him. I think if he has a big performance on Saturday in, in an arena such as Old Trafford, I think that dispels a lot of uh, a lot of myths that we've had about him. Um, someone else looks to be enjoying himself, Rob's Lovren. Um, mm, it's, played well, didn't he? He played well, but also played, seems to, seem just seems again, it's... Again, it's easy to say it's Newcastle. They haven't got the best attack. One of the reasons why they are where they are on the table, you suspect, is if they had, you know, if they had a Jamie Vardy, I suspect they would be where Leicester are, uh, given the way in which Benito sets his sides up and all that sort of stuff. I think you know, yeah, it would really help. Us I think it would really help. Forward, so I think it's, yeah. it's important to say that. But all of that said, he looks to me like he's enjoying the idea of being better than the lads he's coming up against. You know what I mean? Being first to it in a way in which and. We are, I think it's I normally I don't like comparing Liverpool players that often, but it is currently valid to compare Matip and Lovren. And the reason why is you get the impression that they're battling out the idea of who will, who would start next to Van Dijk in a massive game and all of that. And you know, Matip doesn't quite look to enjoy that in quite the same way. You get the impression, and and this is sometimes why it doesn't go well for him. But you get the impression Lovren wants to be much better than his opponent number and wants to demonstrate that quite consistently. Yeah, Matip, you're never sure if he understands or knows where he's going with this, what his role is in the side, what kind of defender he ends up being. Whereas Lovren's, it's more of a technical issue in Matip's head, I feel. Whereas Lovren's playing in a, with a kind of defiance. You know, I, I, you know he's, 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 he's taken some beatings, Lovren, down, down as the course of his Liverpool career. Um, you know, Van Dijk coming in is another kick in the pants, quite frankly. He just cut his options in half by 50%. But he's come, when he's had his opportunities, you felt he's, there's a defiance there. There's an anger there. You just In his body language that Klopp references, not about him, but about what he wants in the team. He wants that controlled aggression. I thought it was a very controlled aggression from him. I'm very much in his camp at the moment if we're picking between him and Matip. I thought the balance with him and Van Dijk might not be might not be perfect, but it looked really quite nice on uh, against Newcastle. I hope he sticks with the pair. I prefer the balance as well, Rob, between between them two. And I think it's funny you mentioned there about about the the, the signing being a kick in the pants because it did feel like that a bit like that, and you know um, how Lovren was going to react. But he seems. I wonder whether he's 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 seen it in another way and and seen it as what well, well, this guy's going to do all the stuff that they were expecting me to do. But yeah. but let's be honest, I couldn't really. Yeah. And when we signed Lovren, there was this idea he was going to come in and not just be a really good defender, but he was going to sort out the back line and he was going to lead. And he sort of tried to do a bit of that, didn't he? But it just didn't suit him. He just ended up made just, him worse. Didn't yeah, he was just coming for things he shouldn't have and throwing himself all over the place. And then his confidence went. And then it was back for a bit. And then and then he was shooting from thirty yards and stuff in in cup semi finals. I'll just never forgive him for that I'm sorry um, and so you know I wonder whether you know we, I think when Van Dijk comes in you think well that's it for, for one of them and, and or, or, or they're all going to be looking over the shoulder and thinking well you know who's he to replace him but I think Lovren in particular maybe he's looking at him thinking oh, oh great he's going to do this he's going to do that stuff and he's going to he's going to talk a lot and he's going to bring it out and I don't have to worry about it I've just got to defend now I've just got to win my battle and and, and look to be a defender and and support him and you know he's he, he's calm in presence as well and I think that suits Lovren and I think that's why the I think they're a good partnership as well I think him and Matip are maybe was there's a little bit too calmness going on sometimes whereas you know, exactly whereas if you've got if you've got a lad who's, who's who's a little bit kind of you know more of a live wire then I think that I think that can work so I'm, I'm really positive for them it's odd isn't it that 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 element of getting that kind of reassurance that you say John that I think I completely agree with you but when he gets that reassurance in his centre-half partner, it kind of brings out 
the leadership qualities in him. Yeah. You see him that he just there's a there's an element of him now when you see him play that it, it just seems a lot more relaxed in terms of even if he wants to step out for a ball, even if he, if he wants to sort the line out, he knows that he doesn't have to worry about everyone everyone else and what they're doing and, and at the back five and like you said before, we've seen we've seen the worst part of Day and Loving in in terms of when he was feeling like he had to do everything and and it just all got a bit chaotic and I think him and Matip are quite similar in terms of personality whereby they're either too calm like you say or they're too erratic and they're too quiet and and I think that that element of not knowing or not being able to trust who you're playing alongside or around it, it can do a lot a lot of bad things to a player who isn't completely 100% sure of himself all the time I think and I think when you get a, a player like Van Dijk, who just by his actions alone sorts a lot of stuff out, I think that that's that's a signal then for Lovren to go, well, I only have to focus on what I'm doing here. But conversely, it gives me the freedom to then go and sort out what's going on around me, what's going on in front of me. It gives me the, the, the freedom to sort the line out, to work on this man who, who's, who I'm going to be man-marking. So I think a lot of it's tailored to bring out the best in him, but I think that the manager, I think it's interesting the manager is still slightly rotating the two centre-halves next to Van Dijk. Did you hear what he said about rotation? In, and he didn't reference the centre-halves, but I think he was referring to them in particular. He goes, sometimes I rotate just to keep the other guy hungry. Those mm. weren't the words he yeah. used. Just to create competition, the competition for place to give someone the edge. Yeah, I thought that was a very interesting Yeah, and he was, he was good on rotation generally, wasn't he? And talking about, you know, don't, we always think of it as a fitness thing, but it's, but it's not always kind of what it is sometimes. You know, obviously it's, it's false, of course. Sometimes he just wants to give a player the game and sometimes mm. it's just to see how the other player to react and stuff like that. I think he's doing a bit of that at centre-half at the moment as well. There's, there's no doubt that Van Dijk is the key. We're talking about the keeper, we're talking about the centre-half and I know it's a narrative we all want to believe in, but it, it is there. You look around the division and a person that, it's not just a quality at centre-half, it's a personality at centre-half and Van Dijk exudes it, is what the personality brings to that position. You look at Arsenal and you look at us and you look at Man U centre-backs, you look around the division apart from those who are getting it right a bit more and you go, you need that cliched, you need a cliched centre-half who has a natural authority to him and I, I think Van Dijk has it and I think the things that emanate from that are massive. That's very interesting. Uh, there's there's something in that in general, so I was looking at Man City where Otamendi's took that role on this season and, and, and led for them as it had grown into it but then it's interesting that when they get to that League Cup final first trophy of the season he brings company back in uh, mm. and makes sure he gets company on the pitch for that one uh, which you know strikes you as interesting and I think that Chelsea have looked uh, I think the, the defining force for Chelsea at the back over the last couple of seasons has been the the, the, the con- continual growth of Azpilicueta to the point now mm. that even though Cahill is club captain uh, Azpilicueta whenever Cahill doesn't play gets the armband and you wouldn't have thought he was that kind of player yeah. Yeah. but you do sort of think that mm. they know if if we've got Azpilicueta on the pitch there's someone who's going to sort this out for us yeah he captained on Sunday didn't he yeah. almost yeah. like Gabriel Heinze used to for United when, when Ferguson suddenly twigged okay he's not in the centre back position specifically but he's the Ferguson described him as a warrior fan Famously, you thought, yeah, he's got he's got that something about him that you need at the back. Uh, all very interesting. Um, moving into the, the the second half and the second goal. I mean, the second goal is an absolute peach. And what I think it does, John, is you know, again, footballers aren't stupid, and also Newcastle aren't ever going to be set up stupidly and the extent to which I think I think it's as much again down to the quality of the goal the irresistibility of the goal uh, the fact that they're just played through which really does just make Newcastle go we just want to get out with 2-0 now we don't want to we don't want to give these lads the slightest chance the slightest inkling it's a goal that really does just win the game it says we're better than you and we can switch this on whenever we want 
don't annoy us. <laughs> yeah, it, it did show the golfing quality. It's, it's a really nice goal, and we've been spoiled with them this season, haven't we, in terms of, you know, the... It, you know, there's that famous is it the 87-88 season where goal of the season everyone's kind of from Liverpool. I don't think we're going to be doing that this year for, for for match of the day anyway because you know there's there's other teams who scored some great ones. But you know we could we could certainly come up with our own package where you think oh you know some of these goals, great individual goals. We've seen lovely team goals. I always prefer the team ones for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. Maybe it says something about my uh, my psyche. No, I'm with being. you, John. They're more artistic, aren't they? <laughs> the more lads you can mess it up. Um, yeah. And so and so, I really I really liked it. And it was, they made it look easy and it's not because there's not many footballers in the country who can do it. And I think that's what you're getting at there is that the Newcastle lads are looking at that and thinking, bloody hell, we can, you know, we could practice that all week and we won't be able to, to kind of pull off something like that. But they, they made it look, you know, very, very simple. And it's a nice, smart finish um, for, for Manny as well. And, and I think it does kind of, it kills the game. It's it's it, it's game over. Rafa's, he's not, if he's not doing the hand gestures, he's, he's thinking it on the side. And so... I think I think after that I think everyone's able to go. Well, look, there's 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 more there's more bigger fights on the on the horizon now for both for, sides. For both sides, yeah, massively, and and let's just get to the end without doing anything stupid. And uh, yeah, look forward to Porto. I love how much for me, you know, just drops in and sorts it all out in the build-up. It's all a bit sloppy and it's all a bit scrappy, and it looks like it could break down. Then he just drops in, picks it up, and then he obviously lays it on the assist, and it's. Um, it's it's a goal that's I, I think it's one of those where I was like I say in the first half I was saying drive the throat a little bit more be a little bit more central and you look at you look at those Newcastle players and what those centre halves don't want is this lip pill side bearing down on them and that's when the weight of numbers goes in your favour then and and I think that I think it's a really good finish as well I, I think it's not been touched on too much but it's one touch out of his feet and it's it's away from the keeper who was a big lad. Um, it was at full stretch with it too so the timing of both goals I thought was excellent and, and I think that touches on the patience we've showed and I think it touches on um, the belief in ourselves that we've obviously displayed but yeah in terms of in terms of that ability to just pick the ball up in the middle of the park and drive with it and and work the ball into those positions it's this Liverpool side again finding another way for me the exceptional finishes are from through you do take this for granted yeah, not, they are, yeah. none of them, not one of them a striker and but you know, and everyone's full of like a Harry Kane's classic striker finishes. But bloody hell, the catalogue of finishes yeah. these lads have got, and the range of finishes. And Mark Marnie's since the turn of the years, well, yeah, since Burnley, really, I think his his, his collection's been outstanding. I, I, the build-up to the goal is interesting. I think it's becoming a thing, which we saw last week at West Ham. There are two, I can't remember who the assister is, but there are two reverse passes into Marnie. Exactly the same. Is it Firmino that time as well? No. Twice, two little reverse passes into Marnie. He just hits the post and he's smothered the other one. It's the same thing. And I think what's happening is, uh, this is you have the three of them. The, there are defenders who subconsciously have got uh, Salah in their peripheral yeah. vision. And Firmino spots that, so he runs across. I think they're working on this in training, where, where Mane is the man. He's in the most central position. Mm. He's in the striker position. Firmino's in the number 10 position, and Salah's pulled off. It's the, something I think we'll see more of. The, the Salah thing's really interesting in that. It's mad to see how many mad things defenders are doing around him now. Like, I, I always reference, like, <laughs> Shawcross with Suarez in 13-14, but there's just mm. defenders doing mad things any time the ball goes near them and, and Salah's knocking about. They just It happens about three times on Saturday. And, and I think what's playing into that as well, though, is, like Rob says, I think all three of them are really good in front of goal. And whenever they're getting a, 
over a 50% chance of a sniffer goal in front of them. Keepers aren't bothering anymore. I think it sounds a bit mad to say, <laughs> but there's a lot of defeatism about it in terms of, yeah, in terms of it's going in this. Yeah. And and I think, I think like I say, it's it's, it's mad just watching watching Salah on Saturday and there's, there's players literally just like heading the ball into the air and just missing <laughs> missing the ball completely and stuff. The presence of them and the presence of the front three really is uh, it's doing a lot of damage to Sards. Ben Johnson said that it's now world famous ratings that, uh, <laughs> that that someone gets him in a full Nelson at one point, isn't it? And it's like it's that kind of thing where how am I going to stop him? And it's hard. It's it's all the best territory, isn't it? Very much. And but as as Rob says, they're into play and and the fact that you know you, you it's not you can't just focus on one of them. You can't go right. Okay, I'm playing Harry Kane. I'm as big centre half. What am I going to do to him today? Yeah. Like that's not to take anything away from Harry Kane. Obviously, he's brilliant. But but at least at least their centre halves get to think. Well, I'm playing against Harry Kane today. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? If you're a centre half in Newcastle, you're like, well, yeah. well, I'm, I'm playing playing a bit against for me. You know, but he'll get off and Salah's doing all that and, and Mane's cutting in and what well, Oxley Chamberlain might do a bit if he gets picked and. You know, it's 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 how you kind of prepare for that as a, as a team it must be kind of really really difficult. And what I like about all of them as well, and, and I think they're shooting at the right times. And and that sounds like a, a kind of quite basic thing, but we've all seen Liverpool teams or just teams in general who've, who've tried to walk it in all the time, and you think, oh, just have a shot. Or we've all seen teams the other way where they're just blaming it from twenty five yards, and you think, just calm down. Where is this side? They, they work their openings, and then when the openings there, they'll hit them. Yeah. Like they're not afraid to, to 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 strike the ball at the right time. Really, you know, the the discussing their options later to use the, the kind of the, the Paisley quote. I think it's Paisley, um, and 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 that's that's kind of really good to see as well. And I think that's worked on as well. To go back to what you were saying, Dan, about about kind of what's worked on. Really, I think it's like, you know, I think one of the things that I'm sure the manager's been pulling them up on when they watch the videos back is why didn't you shoot there? You know, it opened yeah, up for yeah. you. It opened yeah. up for you. Why are you thinking about the next pass and stuff? And, and Oxley Chamberlain actually brings it up Says in the post-match the press thing. He says, there's one time where I tried to get Firmino in because I'd, I'd got Salah in before and I felt quite nice. But yeah, he should have shot. Probably yeah, should have shot. But he brings that up. And I think they're conscious of that. They, that's something that they're conscious of is that if you get a good opportunity, just put your foot through it. Yeah, definitely. I think they've got a really good... I mean, you look at the um, the stats from the first half. You know, the, the, there's the, the, the first half, we have nine shots. And all nine of them are from inside the box. Um, yeah. All nine shots are from inside the box, and I think they've got a re- they've got a, a, a really nice. Some the one that Mane scores. You, you're right to say you know it's there for him to strike, but he does it between the sticks. And when there's been the talk around what Salah's, but what we've been working on with Salah, it's been the idea of you just got to worry about getting between the sticks. Yeah. And I think that there's almost as though you know you almost suspect there's there's some markings on a pitch in Melwood, which says if you're 18 yards out and you're between the sticks. It's what to do with Leon Brewster as well. I mean, he's injured at the moment, unfortunately. But when me and I think Rob might have gone as well. But when I went to see Neil Critchley, he's the under twenty three manager. And it was just after the the World Cup where where Brewster gets all the goals, and they said they were made up watching it because he's just doing all the stuff that we told them to. Which is like you know you can you can do all your your boss stuff on the wing all you want, but it's much better when you can do it between there. So it's it's throughout the club at the moment. Yeah, I think you can say I think you can say it with him. You know the idea that you're eighteen yards out, you're between the sticks, have a shot. If and then that sort of fades wider as you. Get closer and closer to the goal because you know you're going to pick your angles up. There's not that many people having you know irresponsible shots, as John yeah. says. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of the idea of no hang on, this one's there for us, and that's something that you can work on. 
you know, dreamily uh, in training and you can work really, really hard on it, but you need your footballers to all trust each other and to all buy into that. Because I'm sure that if, you know, if you've got a front three down and one of them starts saying, well, I'm shooting from all angles because I think I'm great, then the other two are going to start going, well, hang on, if he's doing that, then what? And, and, you know, now he's not playing me in. And and that's the other thing that's with them. It's back to trusting that we've talked about all the way through this show. It's like, no, we can all, we can all trust here. Yeah, it's also back to the comments he made about Coutinho, though, as well, in his press conference prior to the game in that, he was yeah, stuck it to Phil, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> I like that. Made up, yeah. We we kind of entrusted him to sort it out still a little bit, and, and you're feeling now that, like I said before, there's just a real a real fluidity to them. There's a notion that you know you ten defenders outside the possession, but in possession you're all ten attackers basically, and it's not a case of who gets. It's not a Harry Kane case of he gets in that 18-yard box and he creates, he's on the end of that chance. You don't know who it's going to be. And he, he probably, to be fair to the manager, he's probably saying to Chamberlain, I want you taking that shot on. You know what yeah, I mean? He surely is, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. And, and I think I think that's the notion that he wants them. He wants them to get further in it. He, he wants them to express themselves. He wants them to be fluid. He wants them, as long as they recover, and I think that's what we've done really well on Saturday. I thought our recoveries on the turnovers, especially a full-back, were really good. One more little thing on that, to Rob, to touch on something that Dan's mentioned earlier on, is attacking through the middle. And you mentioned there, Manny, coming in. And we've seen that mm. a few times, more and more, in the last last two or three games, maybe even four or five, where the three of them are interchanging. One of the things that strikes me is, and you mentioned before with the full-backs, you almost get the impression we're quite happy to do, you know what, we'll you, you want to funnel us out wide? We'll do your 15 minutes of funneling. Mm. But then you saw, for instance, uh, in the game against West Ham, second half, we came out and Oxley chamberlain basically just went and played right through the middle and those four were really, really tight and it was get the ball into them. That's the thing I'm looking at there is is this idea of, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that for a little bit because you're now thinking about that and you're now thinking about where Salah is. Oh, and look, Sadio Mane is playing centre fireworks. Yeah, yeah, th- there's a courage required to go through the middle and we seem to have that you've got to, you've got several things you've got to have the confidence to play a vertical pass and trust that it's going to get through the you know the forest in front of you and we're seeing players playing vertical passes and anyone who's scouted Naby Keita on YouTube will see that that's his speciality as well so that's something to extra to look forward to but also the thing about playing a vertical pass is you're playing it into feet primarily because you're not going to find fresh air there the lad who's got it has got to have technique and there's got to be a lad close to him to fizz it off to. I noticed it, you know, in my football education, which has taken place slowly over the decades, Alex Ferguson's side, the one, the treble, he had uh, Dwight York and uh, Andy Cole up front. And I noticed they, that, you know, that United team were fizzing vertical passes into yeah. their feet and it could just come off one of them and the other one would pick it up. I've noticed it five or six years later with, or 10 years later with, with the vintage Barca sides beginning to emerge. You can do that with those. So it's a sign of a very, very good team with very strong technical players, a lot of courage and a lot of belief. Looked at times that you could throw a blanket over the four of them again. Oxlade Chamberlain in there, given the platform by Henderson and Chan. Uh, Dan Oxlade Chamberlain, uh, the the and then the, the 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 front three, and they almost appear to find some sort of way to look like a D. It doesn't particularly matter where anyone is; it, they're almost running, they're almost perpetually in their own semicircle. Yeah, definitely. And just to look ahead slightly, I think Oxlade Chamberlain's a really interesting one in terms of United away, because I think if if he play if he starts them or not, will will tell a lot about what, what his intentions are from the start of that game. Um and and I think that I think that he's a really impressive lad, Oxley Chamberlain, in terms of his character and his personality. And you know, he's come out and had a pop at Neville and, and Henri today and he obviously he obviously takes into consideration a lot a lot of what's being said about him. I hope he doesn't read John O's ratings. <laughs> 
Ich wünsche dir, dass du schon zu Ümbrein machst. Not anymore. Not anymore, no, no. Um, well, can I just ask, having not been born and bred in the city, even though I've lived there 30 years, what the fuck is a doom brain? It's not great. First time I've like, been I, I, I can sort of work it out, like, sort of onomatopoeic, it clear, it almost suggests what it is. What does it mean, like a depressive or? No, no, no. It's no. Not, not, you know. You've got to make decisions that are going to lead to doom for everybody. You are a doom brain. Okay. It's not quite as bad as being called a balloon, yeah. which has, balloon has been discussed yeah, yeah. on on field rap shows in the past. I would I would rather you used any words to describe me than balloon. To plant pot territory, yeah. Don't get called a balloon. Don't even fucking call me a balloon. <laughs> it's in plant pot territory, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not no, sure I'm really the wiser here, but the listeners that you, you, they're not all they're not all, they're not all, they're all died in the world scouts. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm their representative out there. <laughs> we might want to do one of those things where you do like with an axis and that, and you put what's the worst one and why and then. And what it is that <laughs> yeah. actually says? Yeah, hierarchy of yeah. terrible things you can be. Sort of dickhead slap bang in the middle. Come <laughs> uh, on, Dan. Yeah, because some of my best friends are dickheads. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, sorry. I, <laughs> I started uh, yeah. off, I started uh. off with a serious tactical point about how tight Liverpool's four attack. Yeah, uh, Dan. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think that he's added another dimension to us in terms of the attack Oxley Chamberlain and that. Wijnaldum, Chan, Henderson, Lallana, they, they can all be, they're all very good players, but they can all be at times restricted to one certain role or setup. And, and I think that Oxley Chamberlain's ability to join in, you know, his, his roots, if you like, as an attacker in his, his previous years have, have really given him a, a nous in terms of, in terms of what he needs to do in this Liverpool side to, to, to join in and, and to create stuff for those around him. And, and I think that, I think where he's where he's really good and where he's really learning is that he's he's taken up a lot of good positions. He's taken up a lot of positions that you see Barcelona players take up where they don't look like they're actually doing anything at times. And you you wonder why they're occupying a certain space and then bang, the minute there's a turnover or the minute the minute we've won possession or the minute it's in and around him, he's alive. And he's suddenly worked himself five yards and ten yards and I think he does that really well. And I think he, I think he's a dream for Klopp. Because he's like, like I said before, he's like a spo- he must be like a sponge. He must, he must want to learn all the time. He must want to improve all the time. For for a manager like Jurgen Klopp and his staff, I think that that's really, really good. You are indeed listening to the Anfield Rap. Listen, I'm Neil Atkinson, hosting the show right the way through here. I want to say, if you have the opportunity to, uh, to to come and be part of our tour player thing, this is a fantastic time to do so. Liverpool on the march in Europe, on the march domestically, pulling it all together. We'll be doing reviews and previews of absolutely every single Liverpool game between now and the end of the season. Uh, we'll be looking ahead to every single weekend from a Liverpool point of view. And at the minute, we're able to say, look at a Chelsea side that, for instance, have lost four of the last six. And feel as though Liverpool should be on the march towards that top four finish that can Consolidates our European football next season, but it's the excitement of the Champions League. Porto to come, and then a quarter final. Uh, we'll be getting excited about that on the day of the draw, and then obviously getting excited about it around the time of the games. Listen, not for everybody, we know that, but if you are considering, have been considering paying for all the Anfield Raps additional content, it's about in the vicinity of 50 extra shows a month. Uh, you don't have to listen to them all. There's not an exam at the end. The point is to find the ones that you like, the ones that you enjoy, and enjoy them as much as possible. And hopefully, we add to your enjoyment of supporting one of the most exciting football teams in the world at the moment, Liverpool FC. Anyway, let's get back to everybody else and look ahead to Porto. An excellent performance then from Liverpool, which leads us on to the Porto game. And it's interesting, the report last night, Tim Abraham, I noticed, uh, hi Tim, Rob, he finds himself reporting on this, that the clock may not uh, weaken as much as, as much as people have sort of discussed tonight. That makes a bit of sense to me, really. I think that you're going to see 
what would be called if it was a big game, if it was a game with loads riding on it, which mm. is still got, you know, obviously Liverpool have got to get through. But I think what would be a reasonable number of changes for that game is what, sorry, a, a verging on unreasonable number of changes for that sort of game is what I think you're going to see from Klopp. I think you're going to see him make four, five, or six, and he's going to be able to say, well, I made four, five, or six earlier in the season, lads. Four, five, or six is not me being mad. And I think that's what he wants to be able to say to his squad, to everybody, really. I, th- I don't think you're going to see a completely different 11, but I could be wrong. I've had, to, I've had to cogitate on this before I write in the preview of this game. I'm trying to work, try and second guess him. I think there are changes he makes which just aren't worth talking about as changes uh, because they're almost like for likes. You know, Gomez for, for Trent being an example. Uh, Matip, Matip coming in. Uh, Moreno coming in for, for Robertson. Wijnaldum coming in. Milner coming in. These aren't, these aren't changes in the traditional sense of the world. This isn't putting the League Cup team out where you, you talk about making those changes. The only changes that Matt... Klopp's, Klopp's being clever in saying, I, I suspect in saying, no, it's a strong team, it'll be full strength. He knows he can put out a midfield with, uh, say, Cham, Wijnaldum, Milner, <coughs> a defence with Sorry. Lovren and, and Matip at its heart and, and Gomez and Moreno's fullbacks. And that's a full strength Liverpool back eight. It's all about the front three. That's all we're interested in, in, in looking at this team sheet. Okay, Van, Van Dijk notwithstanding, I'd be pretty confident he'll rest Van Dijk because he, he's, I think he's still mindful of Van Dijk injury but let's park him for a minute it's about the front three he's got one or two approaches here well one there's three approaches sorry one is he goes they're all in form they're all in form the team's in form they're all goal hungry bastards they're all score they've all Firmino and Salah have got and, and now Mane have got they're all nearly the top scorer in the friggin Champions League this year and they're looking at Porto they're, you know, they're, they're frothing at the mouth wanting to score against these and he could go you know what that, that confidence that momentum that's the most important thing you're all playing I'll whip you all off on 60 the lot of you all three yeah he could do that and think United's four days away or he could go, this is madness. Half, 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 of, half of the reason we were celebrating 5 0, not half, but a part of it was because it gives us a free week. It gives us a chance to take these three, these three fragile, brilliant lads out of the thing. So, or he just puts one of them in. So that's the third way. It's really hard to guess. I, oh, I've changed my mind on this slightly. I thought we would make changes aplenty, but the more I've thought about it, I mean, if we're still asking a question about game management on this side, You've got a 90-minute opportunity for that on Tuesday. Um, and that's not to say goal full strength. I agree with Robin that some changes just make sense and in, and in some ways do themselves. But I think that there's... I think that if, if Liverpool were to come away even with a 1-0 defeat on Tuesday night, I think that does more damage than we probably realise in terms of... In Klopp's, in Klopp's mind. I, I, I think he doesn't... I think any type of defeat or setback now... In some ways, he feels like he has to work that back up again. You know, we're six unbeaten now after Swansea again. We're already in the midst of another unbeaten run, if you look at it that way. It's a I winning run as well. It's a winner, yeah, and he wants to take that into Old Trafford. You know, you've got to... You're 99.9% certain of having another Champions League tie now. Um, and I think home defeat now just just sets some unnecessary questions being asked. And I get that it's the tie's already won and everything else, but... If you look at it in the context of Liverpool are playing Porto on a Tuesday night, if Porto come to Anfield and win, it will be a setback. So I think he'll want to win the game first and foremost. I think I expect, in terms of Rob saying the front three, I expect two or three of them, two of three of them to play. And if if everything's going as we hope it will be, I think the other one comes off on 60-65. 
I, I disagree with Dan. I, I think this team's made him much sterner stuff than to be bothered at all about losing in a dead rubber when half of them haven't played anyway. You know, you, if you drop Salah and Mane and we lose 1-0, they're not going into United thinking suddenly worried. They're like, well, I wasn't even playing. Don't worry about that. You know what I mean? I'll, so, I'll, I'll sort it. So I just I just think, I think this team has been a bit brittle in the past and I think that's been something that's, that's been a fair accusation at the moment. I think they just seem so confident that I think... You know they've done the job because they went out there and won five 0 and, and so the the the, the through in their heads they're already through the challenge for whoever we're going to play is to to get them to go out there with the right mentality just because we want to see a good performance from Liverpool, you know it's it's so I, I you know he can he can play whoever he wants you know he can he can he can pick Robber from for all I care to be honest in terms of I'm it's, up for that it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's 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 completely it's completely fine so I'm more looking at well who could do with the game who, who could benefit from this I think he'll play Carrius again because I think that's right because because I think you know he's he's having a good one so just put him out there and it's not quite as tough for goalkeepers because they're not real footballers and so um, that was a joke by the way um, and, so, true. <laughs> and so you can you can look at it and, and I'm thinking I'm you know He's he's having a look at a couple of things. I think it's one you mentioned Gomez before. If he can get if he can get Klein out and thinks he can get sixty or seventy at least out of Nathaniel Klein, I think it's one to look Gomez as centre off and I'd be playing him there probably with Joel Matip. I'd be furious if Van Dyke's anywhere near this team. Yeah. Well, furious is pushing it. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't really get furious about much, um, but I'll be I'll be I'll be I'll be slightly ticked off if uh, if Virgil <laughs> miffed yeah, yeah if Virgil Van Dyke is uh, is picked because I think as you say Robbie he he, he is the only the only problem with him and the only reason you don't think he's actually Superman is that he does pick up injuries and so and so I'll be I'll be picking them too. Uh, I'll be playing Moreno at left back and these are all the things that it's not just having a look in, in the Gomez cases thinking well we might need Moreno at one point. And so if, if if Andy Robertson something happens to him he gets he gets ill the night before the Man United game, throwing Moreno in or Gomez at left back or whatever you, you, you're nervous about it he had to do it with Trent last year didn't he okay Trent Trent ends up having a quite a good game out there but you know it's 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 looking at these lads and, and thinking, it can happen at any time now but yeah. now and then the season yeah, John is what just, you're saying yeah, yeah. any time it's not just a Man United game you know the nine big nine big league games and hopefully lots more big Champions League games and and so it's 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 using the opportunity this is a brilliant opportunity there's not just the rest lads but to to give people who haven't had much of a go you know a real run and and and, and get them a little bit sharper and so I'd definitely be playing Moreno ahead of them in midfield when Adam's not been well has he but you know you'd have to you sort of sort of analyse that really. You're definitely throwing Milner in, and then has, he, has he got the shits? I, I'm not sure exactly what's up I think with him. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I think Milner and, and Oxley team are interesting. I think because yeah. I, I think yeah, one of those two play with Shannon Henderson at Old Trafford if, mm. the, if they're all fit. Yeah, but Lala, I really want to get Lallana on the pitch, yeah, and so do, it's yeah. weird to do that. You, you probably use the opportunity to put him in the front three just to, to kind of give one of those a rest. Lallana just looks like he needs minutes at the moment and I don't really kind of care kind of where that is because I'm not thinking about his, his long-term position. I'm just thinking he just needs some numbers. Yeah. And then also, aside from that, if, I, if I'm... If I'm Solanke, I'm, I'm knocking on the manager's door this week and saying, just give us a go in this. You know, just, you know, I, 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 need, I need to get a goal. You know, you might need Solanke at some point as well. You know, it's something, something like that. And also Van Bad Woodburn, I'm, I'm looking at the manager and thinking... Also not being well, like, like Wijnaldum. Okay, so... so I agree not, with you, but not being well. Ings not being well. One of the diarrhea gang. Not, not quite sure. <laughs> the diarrhea three. They had a hit in 1984 <laughs> with um, <laughs> Love Hurts. Um, yeah. 
Wonderbog. Danny Ings, I'm sort of, I don't know, uh, I'm less concerned about it and I don't really know why. I'll have to look into myself for that one. But uh, but, but Solanke, I think, like, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm him, I'm... I'm I always go to call him Vikram. He was the he was the middle middle order batsman in the nineties for England. <laughs> uh, Dom Solanke, uh, which is his actual name, um, is you know should be be be, be on to the manager like sort of every hour between now and Tuesday. Going, this is the game. This is the game. Giving me a go here, and why not? I could see you know if you go with uh, Dan's theory, maybe he goes for two of the of the main front three. So so he leaves Dom in. I could see uh, Mane and Salah. Yeah, and, and let let Firmino Firmino as the lad who runs the most. Deserves yeah. yeah. The, did you see Klopp said something interesting about Salah when he rotates him and he goes, Mo decides his own breaks. Did you see that? Yeah. What the hell do you think he meant? I think quite I Maybe mean, just because he's honest night. where he says like, oh, you know, because some, some, some players will just want to play all the time, won't they? And some will hide injuries. I think maybe yeah, he's maybe just yeah. saying Salah's one who will come to him and just say like, not feeling too great. His recovery seems very good, doesn't it? Mm, seems yeah. very, very fit, lad. And I think they're all tailored at this point of the season to be peaking which is a testament to what the manager done at the start of the season so yeah it's it's, it's interesting isn't it I mean I get you I get your slanky theory John I think Lalana definitely needs minutes um, I think there is a question around do we play it right back next Saturday and, and a lot of this is factored in around Saturday so it'll be interesting to see what he goes with in terms of the context of Old Trafford um, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by, it. I'm sort of listening to what you're saying. I'm writing a team down as I'm going. Uh, I think there's, I'd like to see Ings get a chance. To be honest with you, uh, I wouldn't have any problem with seeing Ings get a chance uh, and sort of going from there and seeing it, letting him uh, get the opportunity. But you can't quite work that out. Uh, and then you've got the idea of um, what happens with. Uh, you got the idea. Sorry, what, that wasn't meant to be immediate, Neil. Yeah, uh, you got the idea of what happens with uh, with, with, with what happens with Solanke. I I think I think one of your markers in this is what what stage the game Mane comes off. Mm. I think he might think he wants to keep Mane in in the moment. He, he likes where he is. He's been on a bit of a journey. I think he might see Mane and two Rob. That's what I think he might see. No, that's possible. M- Mane comes off the earliest, doesn't he? I mean, that that seems to be a signifier something against Newcastle. So it, yeah. I don't. Yeah, so you could you could see a, cha- a front three then of Mane, Chamberlain with Solanke in the middle, then the Lalana and I don't know, Milner. Not, you, another conundrum he's got really is if he if he decides to go for wholesale changes, you know, the scenarios we've discussed is where's his number six coming from? Yeah, is Wijnaldum his number six? He's he's tinkered with, we're toyed with him being there before, but never never looked convinced by by Wijnaldum's. Uh, you know abilities there. So does he give one of? It won't be Henderson. I'm sure Henderson gets the night off with Henderson's injury record. So does he ask Chan to go again? I don't know. He might. He may. I, I think you're going to sort of see how he how he views sort of a few of these in terms of who he wants to keep rhythm, rhythmically right and who he has a bit of a what I can. He, he'd be better served to have the time off. I just wonder whether he wants to keep the team rhythmically right. Uh, you know, as I said, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be surprised if he goes. But well, it's not the same. It won't be the same eleven. But he goes. Maybe change a fullback here or Wijnaldum there. Um, you got a show on this? Yeah, we do a show on Tour Player called Under the Lights, which is being recorded today. It's our look ahead to Porto. So if you want more of this, get on it. Subscribe five pounds a month. It's good, isn't it, Rob? It's very good. Porto then to come, but it's the best possible type of headaches for the manager. Thank you very much indeed to John, to Dan and to Rob. It's been the Anfield Wrap in association with Reds Bet. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.